Hi there. Welcome to the VML Voice, the official podcast of the Virginia Municipal League. I'm your host, Rob Bullington. Let's strut. Charisma. Mojo. Allure. Gravitas. Poise. However you choose to think about it, confidence is key to success in much of life. If you listened to part one of this two-part episode, then you heard American Public University speaking instructor Maisha Grady cite confidence as the number one most important thing for a successful public speaker. But how do you acquire confidence as a public speaker? That's the central question we explore in this second episode. To get the answer to that question, and more, we dialed up an expert. Check it out. Hello, Rob, and the VML members that are listening today. I am Leslie Strickler, and I own a boutique communications consulting company. It's called Etra Communications, and Etra is the French verb to be. So I help businesses and people be what they want to be. I've been working in this field for about 25 years now and really started out as a writer, photographer, art director, and moved into working in various sectors such as healthcare and legal, working with attorneys, doctors, healthcare leaders to communicate internally within their organization and externally to their different publics. And I'm happy to say that I have a wonderful group of clients that I've worked with and work for now. I've worked with local government officials. I've worked with economic development councils. And so I understand the importance of being able to get your point across to an audience. Well, then it sounds like you're exactly the person that I need to be talking to. They say that the key to effective public speaking is confidence. How can someone build up their confidence? Well, Rob, it really is very simple. Anyone can have confidence in public speaking, whether it's to a large group or to a small group, even communications one-on-one. If you learn how to make your point, you will deliver useful information to your audience and you'll overcome the fear because you'll know what you're talking about. If you do not have a point, you do not know what you're talking about. And that creates the insecurity of getting up in front of a group of people and speaking. So it's it's really a logical way to think about how you can deliver a message. Let, let's, uh, let's think about this, for example, What if a salesperson never says this product will make you a profit or a manager who never says this system will be more efficient or a government official who never says this will improve conditions for our citizens, right? So they're not getting their point across if they are not talking about the value that they're delivering to their audience. So a lot of people make the mistake 
of standing up in front of a group and thinking they are going to present a report. A point is not a report. It's not a theme. It's not a topic. It's not a title. It's not an idea. <laughs> what is it then? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really unique. It has value. It has purpose to maximize impact. It needs to be sold to your audience. You need to make your audience think. Let me give you some more examples. Yes, please. Okay, so a politician might say, my plan will expand job opportunities for our high school students. Now, that's a point. Let me give you another example. If you are applying for a job, you might say, I will help your department accomplish its goals. Instead of just saying, this is what I have done, this is my education, this is my experience, you are leaving the person that you are applying for that job with, the impression that you are going to help that person accomplish the department goals. Who wouldn't want to hire you? How about this one? The parent that says, save your money to your teenage children. Well, that's not really a point. And it's hard to sink into it, <laughs> to the mind of a teenage child. But how about if a parent says, if you save your allowance, that means you'll have money to buy gas to go to that party. That's a point. <laughs> As the father of a teenager, I might try that out. But then again, <laughs> I might not. Well, you have to say it many times for it to sink through to a teenager. <laughs> that's that, that's a valid point because you do actually have to say it at least a dozen times before anything soaks through. As as well as any speaker um, who is presenting a point, I believe you should say your point over and over and over again, and you can't communicate it too many times. So that that's a good strategy for sort of having confidence in in your in your presentation or your in your speech. But what if somebody's just terrified of people looking at them? You know, there's the whole the whole world disappears into a pinpoint. You're standing on that stage or at that podium. You're very conscious of the lights on you, the eyes on you. How can you feel relaxed in that kind of a situation if if it's just not something that comes naturally to you? Yes, that that is a terrifying position to be in. In fact, you will see uh, surveys that say people are more afraid of public speaking than death. Again, you know, people um, are in an audience for a reason. They've come to listen to what you have to say. And Honestly, very few people are going to be summing you up. You know, they're not really going to be looking at your shoes or what suit you decided to pick out that morning to wear or if you have hair sticking up, unless it's outrageous <laughs> and it's meant to be looked at. They are there to listen to your point. And the moment that you take the pressure off of you and realize that the focus is on the point, it makes you really invisible in a, in a good way, mm -hmm. in a good way. 
that if you stick to your point, it's it's not about what you're wearing or if you appear to be nervous. You know what you know when you're delivering your point. And that is confidence. It really is that simple. And there are steps that you can use, of course, to calm yourself down. You know, breathing, you've heard it before. Mm -hmm. Taking three deep breaths really does calm down your nervous system, slows down your breathing, and, and can put you in the right frame of mind to deliver your message. Okay, we're going to take a breath here to thank our sponsors. The VML Voice is brought to you thanks to the support of Virginia Housing, investing in the power of home to help Virginia communities thrive. Learn more at virginiahousing.com. Support is also provided by Dominion Energy, who want to help your home work smarter, not harder. Find out how you can take control of your home's energy usage at dominionenergy.com backslash Virginia. Now, let's get back to Leslie Strickler, who is about to help us dial in that all-important point around which every successful public speaker depends. Let me take you through the steps of determining your point. Please do, yeah. And and that will build confidence in that this really is the secret to not feeling nervous when you give a presentation. So um, there are three steps that I use, and they are the I believe test, the so what test, and the why test. And I'm going to take you through an example using those tests. So the first test, the I believe test, is a tool that I tack on to my statement, to my point, and it must be a complete sentence. So how many times have you heard a speaker get up and say, I'm going to speak on the 2020 elections? Well, now that's not a a point. If you use the I believe test, I believe the 2020 elections. Again, that's not a full sentence. It's not a not a point. Let's try the so what test. The 2020 elections were a huge event. I believe the 2020 elections were a huge event. So it passes the I believe test, but it doesn't pass the so what test. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's shallow. You can't counterpoint it. All right, listen to this point. The 2020 elections changed the conventional rules of running for office. Now, this is a point. I believe the 2020 elections changed the conventional rules of running for office. You have a counterpoint. It can be argued. It can be supported with logic, data, and case studies. So if you can create that point right from the very beginning, then you can back it up with all of the information. Even if this is a technical presentation, you can bring in, introduce the logic to your point, the data to support your point, the case studies, um, any type of information that uh, you have that you can share with your audience to make that point. You have to sell your point by convincing the audience 
to understand and to take action. This, again, if you stick to this formula and stick to this thought process, takes all the pressure off of you. All the pressure is on the point that you're making. I like to also use power phrases like I propose, I suggest, I recommend along with value propositions. Again, that helps you make your point. Another example, um, ice cream is delicious. That's not really a point. How about ice cream is always a better dessert than frozen yogurt? That's a point. So you see where I'm going, Rob? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say let's say you've got your point. It's it's pretty well thought out. You're you're up there, maybe you're nervous, but you know that if you stick to your point and use some of those phrases that you've been talking about, that it'll help you stay on point. What do you do if you get thrown off? Um, like because so many of the things that our, our members deal with are are, you know, back and forth. Uh, uh, a citizen might ask a question or make a comment sort of off the cuff. And it, it might throw throw you off your point for a moment there. How, how do you yeah. get back on point to, and, and tied into that? How does improvisation figure into all this? Let's say that you do need to respond to that comment or you do need to deal with that disruption. How do you stay on point and yet still be improvisational? Yes. Excellent question, Rob. So I call this lost in space. So suddenly you're up there <laughs> and you're lost in space. What do you do? You've got your one point, and that one point will bring you back to focus. If you find yourself rambling or always come back to the point. And you can do that by segue phrases like, my point is this. Here's the thing. Here's the idea to remember. If you listen to politicians, they use these segue phrases all the time. Yeah. Yes. Now, if you were in a challenging situation and someone has poses a difficult question or an attack statement, um, there is a phrase that I have used and I train my leadership to use as well. And it goes something like this. You can say, I understand that something I said or did might have offended you, and that is unfortunate. But here is the larger point. Mm -hmm. Again, you are taking the, the negativity off of you and you're bringing the subject matter back around to your point. You're confident in your point. You know your point. You can deliver your point. You see that all the time uh, with interviews as well. And then I would say always end with your point. Again, it, this will take the pressure off of your public speaking. It's just one thing. You need to remember and practice and understand. It's that one point. What are some good references or exercises um, that people can do to, to get better at delivering the point? <laughs> well, you know, as we all know, to improve on anything, you have to practice. So I suggest practicing, and I don't like to practice in front of a mirror huh. uh, unless I'm 
I have to do a television interview. And the same with my clients. If, if they are um, being prepared for a live TV interview, there's some different training that we use for that. But in preparing for public speaking, and, and I will tell you why. When you practice in front of a mirror or someone records you while you're practicing, you are your sharpest critic. So if that inner voice is going, oh, gosh, I might, you know, I got a bad haircut or, oh, I don't like, you know, looking at that shirt that I thought looked good or, you know, anything, you're, you're going to critique the way you look and not the way you sound. And honestly, in an audience, when you are making a point, they are listening. It's, it's not you as, as the visual representative, it's your point. And so I practice speaking but I think you need to speak out loud, not with an inner voice, not inside, you know, uh, with the inside voice, as I call it. I think you need to, whether it's walk around or stand up, you know, in your home office or your kitchen, wherever, and speak your words, speak your point, because there is a connection in the brain and in your vocal cords that will help you again when it comes time to actually deliver your point. That type of practice will help you feel more confident. It's funny you bring up the whole don't practice in front of a mirror because I just got to thinking that so much of what we consider in quotes public speaking recently has occurred virtually where everyone's yeah. looking at you on a screen and I mean that's a whole other topic, right? The uh, how to how to avoid looking bad on a on a computer screen. So it sounds like you would at, at the very least suggest don't have your own camera feed in front of you while you're speaking to a group of people virtually, because as we all know, one tends to focus on oneself and strays off topic very quickly. It's a distraction. It really is. And just to your point about online video calls. When you're on one of those calls, do you look at your image and critique your image instead of sometimes listening to the others that are speaking? It's, it's somewhat of a natural behavior to do that. And so I believe you ought to take that stress, that distraction away mm. and focus on what you're saying. Again, I believe that builds more confidence when you put all of the emphasis, all of the pressure, all of the fear, all of the anxiety on that one point. And if you know that point, you know what you're talking about. What should people look at when they're talking to a group of people? Somebody in the back row, somebody in the front row, the ceiling? Well, I think that really is a, a personal matter. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to look at the people on the front row. And, you know, in today's world, it, it's interesting because you think that all eyes are on you all the time. Well, the fact is they're not. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
So I, that's what I tend to do. I know others that really create somewhat of a blur, Mm -hmm. which means they don't see the audience and that's their way of really focusing on their point. Um, So I think you have to find that space, that image, that um, point to focus on that makes you the most comfortable. Leslie, thanks so much. This is actually all super helpful. Um, if if our members wanted to get in touch with you or anybody that heard this podcast wanted to track you down and, and talk to you about what you do and um, and how they can get in touch with you to, to help them do it better, um, how would they get in touch with you? Well, I have a website, etracommunications.com. I also am happy to share my email and phone number. Uh, my email is Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E-S, at etracommunications.com. And etra is spelled E-T-R-E. And my phone number, 804-240-0807. I'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Thanks so much for your time. And I just want to let everybody know that it is a gorgeous Friday in Richmond, Virginia today. And um, I hope that you got and enjoy some of it today, Leslie. Thank you, Rob. Same to you. All right. Let me get right to the point. By ending this episode of the VML Voice now, I will make it possible for you to start putting all the great advice you've been given about public speaking to work sooner rather than later. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Thanks again to Leslie Strickler and to our sponsors, Virginia Housing and Dominion Energy. It's time to go, but we'll be back soon with another episode about Virginia's local governments and how they are making the Commonwealth work for everyone. And now, here is this episode's VML Voice of Reason. You think that all eyes are on you all the time. Well, the fact is they're not. <laughs>